There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. African parents, they have a different perspective. And she came over in the 60s. Right. So she had that experience coming over, being African, being ostracized in a racist environment. Doesn't sound like much has changed. Nothing's changed, <laughs> nothing's changed, come on now. I suppose, it's, we, I mean, no, things have no, changed no, probably from the 60s, but it's the mean. same type of thing. So it wasn't a question of me saying, mum, I want to be a teacher. And no, you can't because it's hard for black teachers. But I think she didn't see my commitment. So she was like, you're not serious. So it's more like a question of you're not serious, but get serious. Hi. Welcome to Black Ticulate, 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 a podcast series featuring UK young black professionals where we find out how they do what they do so you can too. Or not. After all, it is your life. <laughs> well, 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 well. Sound levels were good. I'm good to go. Good. How are you feeling? Fine. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Um, welcome to another episode of Black Ticulate. We're all about featuring UK young black professionals and we try and find out exactly how they do what they do so you can too. And the voice you heard earlier on is Akua Jamfi. Well done. Well done. Did I nail it? Almost. <laughs> Almost. Well, tell you us. You paused on the Jamfi. I wanted you to say it in one bit low. <laughs> okay. Again. Again. <laughs> again. Again. Akua Jamfi. Thank right. you. And I often do this with all my guests and it's not laziness, but it might be. But do tell my bosses, the listeners, who you are, what you do, and we just pretty much have a conversation from there. I'm Akua Jamfi, and I'm the founder director of the British Blacklist, an online platform which celebrates British black talent in the arts and the wider diaspora. Boom. You've said that before. A few times. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even pause. You nailed it like, Chee! Sometimes I don't nail it, so I actually was, my mind was working overtime. Okay. Sometimes it takes a while to deliver it so smoothly. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> well, that in itself is, it's no mean feat. It actually seems like a juggernaut having a database of British, black, and I assume that's African and Africa, being when we say black. Yeah. Yeah. Who are in the arts world. Yep. Is that art specifically, or are we looking TV and like theatre? To encapsulate it all, I say the arts. Right. Some people have different opinions of what the arts ne- necessarily is. It What's could yours? just be. Well, the arts for me is screen, stage, sound, literature. Okay. And that's it. Um, and everything that comes within those um, umbrella titles. No, that makes sense. So let's join those dots. Let's start from the. Let's start from the very beginning. I don't know. This very song. good. What sound of music? Oh my god, the way, well the way you sang oh, it. Oh wow. <laughs> that, 
on my own show, you know. Wow. I mean, I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> no, true, true, true. Facts, facts. Um, okay, yeah, let's start from the beginning. Like, growing up, is that something you always wanted to do? Like, look at the screen, TV? No. no. Um, I think as a young person, I liked... I always liked entertainment in some way, shape or form, media, celebrity, culture. When you say liked it, as in it's just you consumed Yeah, I, I like consumed reading. a lot of... So my magazines growing up were like, we had things called Black Beat, Word Up. These were like hip-hop magazines and R&B magazines that we used to get. They were from America, imported and sold over here. Um, and then in my teenage years, it was The Source and Vibe magazines. They were my life and my Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> hip-hop head, serious hip-hop head. R&B was R&B and hip-hop was hip-hop back yeah. in them days. Um, I'm sounding so old. But yeah, it's the truth. And I used to watch the Oscars from a very young age. I used to stay up and really watch the Oscars. And I used to imagine myself giving an Oscar speech. But I never wanted to be an actor or director. I never thought about that. But I just loved the whole That you wanted to be on stage and yeah. give a, a speech. Yeah, I just loved myself like that. So I loved that. And MTV Awards used to be amazing, spectacular. Again, not like what it is today. They used to, there was the production levels in MTV, um, the MTV Awards. So those are the two awards that I watched. And in all those magazines kind of... I had that deep interest from that perspective, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, did growing. you know? Did you know? I mean, obviously, you saw yourself potentially in that field because it wasn't even a career-wise. Oh. It was just like just kids' fantasy, just imagining yeah. stuff, but just liking the whole thing. But I but think it started that, to. If I may, sorry, no go. On. Yeah. But the thing is, like, yeah, you can have a fantasy, and you can almost probably even say that out loud. But I tend to think, especially with our culture. Right, parents aren't necessarily going to promote or no. be an advocate for that. So was that why it wasn't a career? Maybe because I think my mum, typically hardworking Ghanaian mum, she was a midwife, crazy hours. Mm. She just said, like, do well, don't get pregnant. <laughs> Those are the two things: education, don't get pregnant. That's it. Wow. So that's the rules at home. Like, and then it's like, okay, well, cool. But I mean, you know, life gets in the way, and if you're not. I was always good at English, so this is where okay. it's, it, things do come full circle when I look back on it. But yeah. at that time, as a teen, I was like, I don't know what to do, what I want to be. I'm great at English. I think I want, remember saying I wanted to be an English teacher. But my mum was like, well, this is it's a quite hard for black teachers. But that's from her perspective at that course, time. Yeah. So I thought, well, I can't be a teacher then, potentially. And then I said, I'm going to be an artist. And literally, because I was really good at fine art. Ah. And going, I was, thought I'd be an artist in Paris. I really thought that could happen. Nice. Again, mum was like, mm, okay, that's not realistic. So then in, and in school, I was kind of like that bad child that used to talk a lot and cause trouble. Not a lot of trouble. Okay. It's just <laughs> mathy, as they say. But um, so I just didn't focus. And I, but the only thing I couldn't fail at in all my nonsense and messing about with my friends was English, like English and art. Then they were my best, strongest yeah. GCSEs. That's right, what gotcha. like that. I could not fail even when I missed about. So that I think that's what followed me. Did you carry that on then? English? No, yeah, I, left co- I left school and just went to college and just did what my friends did. Which I think was? We did a, what did we do? We collectively did a fashion course first <laughs> and thought we don't, we don't like that. So I went to visit, this is a very bad story. <laughs> I went please. to visit my friend at Hammersmith and West London College after about a month or two at Croydon. She's like, come and see me. So we went up there. And I swear, it was like the first five boys that walked past. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Me and my friend were like, yeah, this is us. <laughs> oh, yes, we can do this. Because <laughs> so, I grew up quite sheltered in South London. So right. it was like coming to West London and being like, oh, yeah. my God, there's Choice other people. Everywhere. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that was it. And then just then again, I did kind of like, a, OK, let me retake my maths and maybe do a media course and do art. Again, I wasn't focused because going to a party college like Hamilton College was back then, 
Yeah. I spent most of my time in the common room. Okay. <laughs> playing blackjack and catching joke and again having bants as you not say. Yeah, so, fair play. Don't age yourself like that as you not say. We all say bants. But no, we didn't say, say it back then. Oh, okay, you it was did cussing. It. Cussing. <laughs> 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 like you speak about your mum. Well, you have spoken about your mum and the mm. fact that whenever you potentially said you wanted to do something, she did she shut it down? Was no, she no, no, no. She didn't shut it down. It wasn't that. It was um, African parents. We come from... So your dad and mum are together? No. Or, okay. But African parents, they have a different perspective. And she came over in the 60s. Right. So she had that experience coming over, being African, being ostracised in a racist environment. Doesn't sound like much has changed. Though. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Come on now. I suppose it's, we. I mean, no. Things have no, changed probably no, from the sixties, but it's the mean. same type of thing. So, especially African parents seeing the. I think it wasn't a question of me saying, "Mum, I want to be a teacher," and no, you can't because it's hard for black teachers. But I think she didn't see my commitment, mm, so okay. she was like, "You're not serious." So it's more like a question of you're not serious, but get serious. But where she, I mean, it's typical when my mum's working. A parent is working twenty four seven. They're trying to make sure that you're one. She's trying to keep me off our version of whatever was on the streets on the them streets, days, yeah. and trying to make sure that I'm a good girl that stays on the right path, doesn't get pregnant because she was a midwife. It's also playing right, in her hey, mind because she hence that narrative. Don't hence that narrative because yeah. she used to get quite a few girls from my area and schools coming through, and I'd get girls like saying, "Ah, oh, I saw your mum. She was lecturing me, you know. I don't know. I had my baby, you know, when yeah, they're pregnant, teenage then, pregnancy. Yeah, right. yeah, going into the labour ward and seeing." Um, Akua's mum, they're like, oh, mate. <laughs> 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 Going to get that lecture from auntie. So yeah. <laughs> those are types. So those are her fears. But also it was a kind of like, you've got to work it out, figure it out. Because otherwise it's go and be a nurse then and do something like that. Okay, was that... Yeah, I was going to say, what was her insofar as shaping your career? Did I she think she possibly... I think she just wanted, because she said, you're clever, do something with it. So I think she kind of, I suppose for her, she... She did nursing and that was it. That was what you did. You have a nurse, lawyer, doctor kind of thing, accountant, yeah, engineer. Yeah. Fit into one of those categories because otherwise creative stuff is not her. And that's I understand that she didn't come from that life. Again, that generation of Ghanaians or African parents are not they don't yeah, see no, creativity. I, I wonder what she thinks about what you do now. Now she doesn't she doesn't understand it, okay. but she likes the fact that she's seen me on the news and oh, blessed. Okay, before we uh, do jump so far forward, let's continue those dots. So you went to Harrisworth, you dusting around, you yeah, and I got kicked bags. out. You got kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like Good telling the story because yeah. it's like you can make it back from hardship, of and, course, and being mash up, of course. So tell us what was the next steps. So next step is um when I got kicked out, mum's like, is it? So what, one thing I could always do was hair. I was always good at doing hair. Just used to do my friend's hair and stuff like that. So in that period of me making, like trying to work out what I was going to do, mum said, you're not sitting in the house and being idle. You go and work with your auntie. So my auntie had a home salon in White City. Oh. So I went there as punishment. But essentially that really built the groundwork for my hairdressing career. Right. My auntie was no nonsense. Of course. And she didn't have it. <laughs> and I had to be there on time. But I loved it. Even though I was working with my aunt, you know, sometimes working with family can be a bit stressful. Yeah. But it was really good. It really shaped me. I went, so I did that for the summer period. And then I applied for college again, did a performing arts course. Again, it's just following my friends a bit. Yeah. I was going to say, why did you apply for college? For, um, one, I had to go back to college. I knew that much. Okay. So I think that's one thing. You can be, you know, when you've got that, you've got a solid upbringing. It might be a bit troubled and go a bit left and right. But when you've got that parent that's had your back, you know, makes noise in your head all the time. You kind of can't steer too far off the path because it's like I knew I had to do something. Didn't know what I wanted to do, 
but I had to do something because I know my, I had my mum in my head. Today, and you wanted to make her proud. Yeah, you do want, want yeah, 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 yeah. As much as you're, I mean, you know, kids rebel, they get into stuff, but you ultimately don't really want to let your parents down, especially when you know your parents work really hard. Yeah. So um went back to college and did performing arts for two years. And I was actually, even in amongst the messing about, I still hadn't learned my lesson, but did pretty well. And I had, my teacher was like, you could really do something with this if you just focused. So like when performing arts, you mean like actually acting in front or on stage or was it behind the scenes? No, it was actually, it, it was drama. There was some theory. I can't, to be honest, I actually can't remember what we did. I just remember scenes now from, I was in the class with um, Charles Venn. He's, we call him Chucky. Okay. He's in Casualty now. Ah. So we were in the same class. Now there was a time when we had to do a monologue. That was our assignment. And he did Muhammad Ali. A, mono, a monologue from um, I think Rumble in the Jungle or something like that so he did a monologue it was amazing my friends and I we're like oh damn yeah, if this is the level because <laughs> <laughs> I remember I tried to do the monologue at the end of Menace to Society when um, Kane is dying and he reflects on what he'd done wrong or whatever I tried to do that and I delivered it half assed right. in comparison to what Charles did I was like wow now we know why Charles is a successful successful actor yeah. where I'm not but um <laughs> it was funny looking at the levels but he knew what he wanted to do from day one i always say i interviewed him once and i said you know like in that moment i'm like it's so amazing that you're doing what you're doing because mm. you knew age 17 18 you knew and i was just messing about there's something to be said about that mm. but you can always still find your feet which you clearly you can. have you can right which is i guess the story we're still going through i know it's a long but story no no no, no, no. <laughs> but I, I mean trust me this one i'll cut it down don't worry about that okay cool <laughs> i played <laughs> So you, you went back to college and you were doing performing arts, right? So this now you're starting to get yourself, you're moving yourself away from, I guess, the hair and beauty. So being a hairdresser back into the yeah. industry of media. And yeah. Is that fair or were you still doing them simultaneously? Kids, no, I wasn't no. doing hair. Did I still work on a Saturday? I think I still worked at my auntie's on the Saturday. No, no, I think I left. Because I tend to find that in our generation, definitely, we've got a lot of people who've got on the entrepreneur side hustles. They you do need things. the side hustles yeah. because my hairdressing came back after I did the performing arts, because like I said, I did the performing arts for the sake of doing performing arts, because all my friends did it. And then when I left, I was like, well, I have no plans to do performing arts. I was never going to be an actor. I never had that vision for myself. Yeah. The only thing I'm good at is hair at that point. So I found um, a friend of mine from college said, oh, look, this girl's looking for a, a stylist. So there was a stylist in Labrick Grove, went there and started working there when I left college. And then I was there for maybe a good five years. Just out of curiosity, and I know you're probably going to tell me you have, but have you ever actually had to apply through the front door for any role in any jobs you've got? Yeah. You have? Okay. Yes. Because you said your friend had this, your auntie had that, so yeah. it always seemed like, you know. There was connections there, because it's, again, it's just, it, when you look back at the guidance and the, I've been, I think I've been blessed to have the right people just steer me mm. in amongst my confusion. So yeah, the, um, the job at the hairdresser was great. Five years of amazing stuff five years that showed me that I was a fantastic hairdresser but you still are I, mean, I so still am, say, yeah, but I think my skills have gone down because I don't do it so much okay but at that point when you're not making any money Money's and you're money, making yeah. money it's money <laughs> isn't it? it's a job and it was decent and them days there like I said it wasn't as well depending on I wasn't very um you know materialistic right so yeah buy clothes and all that type of stuff but not like even though you're influenced by the source and all those magazines materialism wasn't a thing you yeah, didn't no, do those no, big chains. No, I think you know why my mum grounded. Mum kept me grounded. You mom know, is the one, you when know. I wanted, um, you know, the in trainers and stuff. Mum would be like, "Is it? 
well, I haven't got the money for that. So then I had to find a way to look good without having the name brand. So I grew up without having name brands. Mm. So when it got to the point when everyone was going nuts, because when we were in college, it was Stone Island. It was Machino heavy stuff like that. Um, I can't remember Averex. Was Kappa? Was Kappa big then? Nah. Nah. Okay, gotcha. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it's all like you had to have some sort of Machino, Versace, all that type of stuff. And I, I don't remember buying any of that but i still managed to look good yeah so help us join the dots then closer to when you first started with blacklist yes so that was because obviously you'd say now i'm performing arts but then you became a stylist became a hairstylist i was doing hairdressing and i started to do hair for celebrities i did like a few music videos and stuff like that um so i I got a touch of that world Mm. and then at the last moment i did a paris fashion week for a stylist called lance low and when he saw my work on that he said look i want you to be my assistant i said cool can do that then um life um i became pregnant and then i realized i couldn't do what he because he did big styling big long shoots long days long hours and i was like i can't do that so i'm gonna have to reassess my life so i went back studied um multimedia then part of that course requirement was to apply for uni did a, applied for a journalism degree, and that's that. So then from that, work experience at Channel U, worked at Channel U, left Channel U. Someone again said, oh, look, there's this job going at BBC. Had to go through the front door and apply, you know, do an interview for that. Got the role there. What were you doing for um, Channel, a.k.a. or Channel U? Channel as U, the original time, title. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was doing a multitude of things. It was so ad hoc. Um, I did. Uh, I did admin. I did website management. I did. I supported the guy picking the videos. I did content researcher. I was a researcher on the Ilar show of Ace and Viz. Okay. So there's a bunch of stuff. It was great. Yeah, amazing. It was a great that, first job. Uh, was that something that you would advise? And so far as if you don't know what you want to do per se, but you do, you know, the industry. Just go into a small outfit and then try and do a bit of anything. No, because that wasn't planned. That was just okay. work experience, and gotcha. someone put me in touch with someone and said, "Hey, try that." But now that you do know what you did get what sort of advice would you give what i would say is that for me i never knew what i wanted to do but the only thing i couldn't fail at is what i ended up working with which was english and i liked media so those are the things that took me that were consistent throughout yeah. and still yeah. continue yeah. to serve you well yeah exactly so i think it's looking at what you're good at and you might not necessarily like what you're good at but if you do that it opens up different doors like i said i was doing hairdressing media environment when I had to change it all up, what could I fall back on? The fact that I'm great at English. Mm. So I can't use my hands in that way. I can use my mind and my um, wordsmith levels. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't think of my words. But yeah, I can't even speak ironically. Yeah. But yeah, so using those skills is what got me to the next step. Because okay. I thought, I can't, I'm not an accountant. I'm not going to be a doctor and I'm not doing all that. But my words and my brain is good, are good. So. so tell me about this next steps then. Because you still work for the BBC, am I right? In no, I've left now. I oh, took you have? Redundancy last year. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And but whilst you were working for the BBC, you also establishing this platform. Yeah, so about 2012, I had an idea. I had done a little bit of freelance stuff and it wasn't back in the day, again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Online stuff was getting, was building... So I did a few articles for a few online publications, but it wasn't as big as it all is now. And I think it might have been that I was trying to research something and thought, okay, I can't find any information about this British black person potentially. And then it, my brain started to tick because I was looking at something about films, like black films. How do you know what's still in existence, what's been deleted and who's archiving and documenting that? Because I know my, my idea was to do a database of every single black film ever made across the world, ever. Across the world, wow. Globally, listen, I was ambitious. No, no it's awesome. This was my plan. I was like, okay, how do I do this? So I started listing everything and researching it. And it's when I got to the UK stuff, I was like, well, there's not much on British black film. Maybe I should turn it around and focus on that and see how what's going on. How were you listening on. it? Just out of interest. Spreadsheet? Excel? I had an Excel sheet. See? And you I just Googled? Yeah. Yeah, I liked. I think I like lists and database. I've got. I think I like that. So doing that research was was amazing, actually. So I had everything categorized and listed. And then when I got to British film, I was like, okay, there's not much there. So I thought, let's do something with that. And then when I was looking into the people that are in these British black films, I was thinking, okay, so obviously we talk about the film. We need to talk about the people. So then let's mm. list the people too. And then I was like, oh, IMDb. And then it all started to come together and become... IMDb, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. assuming. That was my was, reference. Yeah, exactly. So then I thought, ah, maybe I do this. And then it just turned into this whole world and it became person-facing more than just doing films. Right. And then because we are, as black creators, people are, are like this anyway, but as you said, we're entrepreneurial and we have so many skills. We're multi-skilled because we have to be, especially in this climate where... Being black doesn't necessarily, you know, doesn't guarantee you your access Say with your chest. to everything. <laughs> so, and it makes sometimes the, the levels is harder. So, because we do so many things, I realised that actually this one actor, I always use Ashley Waters. He's a rapper, director, writer, all these type of things. So, how do I document that? He's worked on film, TV, stage. That's when the whole world became TV, screen, film, yeah. and if you've written a book and if you've directed, if you've written a film and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, it just became this big old. Oh, wow, this is again a huge mountain, and Massive. thank you for even starting that journey. Um, just on behalf of myself <laughs> and everyone who might be listening. Thanks. So, what are the steps? What, how do you, apart from obviously Excel and documenting and listing and going on Google, do you get people coming to you? Because I'm just thinking from my listeners' perspective, let's say they themselves were an actor 
or a director or producer or anything do they submit themselves to you yeah at the moment or is there what's your qualification what's your criteria at the moment we're having a little bit of an overhaul so i'd hate to give say that this is how you do it because it's going to change okay so but in previous years i had people out there on the database and if you had stuff going on you'd let me know we'd update it or if people like i want to be on it send me your details and then it'd go up on the Okay, so you don't qualify in so far as, this is going to sound elitist and I don't mean it to, but a certain level of well, I had, professionalism. When I first launched, I think my thing for when I first launched, you had to have made something within a certain time frame of, because I launched in 2012, so I think I had like a five-year window. Like if you hadn't made anything in five years, yeah. then I'll just take it that you hadn't really been doing okay, anything because gotcha. otherwise it, it, you could have anybody. Yeah. And then it had to have made an, an impact. And that could not necessarily mean it's been on mainstream something. It just right. could have been underground, just made an impact. Like, say if Big Shaq had had that, I would have been like, well, he can qualify to have a profile because he's obviously made a cultural impact. That was my little criteria because I felt I'm a newbie, come out of nowhere, going to drop this thing and say, hey, I'm this database of, you know, talent. Trust yeah. me with your information. So I thought I'd build a reputation first. Tell me about that. What are those steps of building a reputation? Um... My thing was like it had to be it had to look good, it had to give quality information and just be respected because I felt like we are harsh on ourselves. The industry is harsh on black products anyway. It's yeah. gonna go through an extra level of scrutiny scrutiny to be accepted and to be trusted. We ourselves put ourselves to an extra level of like, are you good enough? What are you doing? Who are you? Yeah. How are you doing this? Don't want to work with black businesses. Yeah, that there's sort of that whole thing, of thing yeah. and professionalism and or yeah. unprofessionalism, as it were. So I thought the main thing is whatever I'm putting out there has to be on point, and that's it. And I I know I've made so many mistakes along the way, but that was my driving force. Yeah, no, I hear that. And then finding people to support this vision with me that can see, you know, work to the same level of excellence. That's all it was, and it's just being consistent every day had content going out um, because when I did the database I realized that while I'm building up trust there I need to keep people coming back to it so I added on the editorial bit so that's like where we did news reviews and interviews right, gotcha. but at first it was just news because like again no one's going to let you through the door they don't know who you are and you've got no numbers so um, it was just talking about what's going on in the industry making sure we were on point first you're always visible stuff. so yeah. whenever someone googled hopefully you guys will would be definitely so on the like, first page yeah, and whatnot exactly yeah i'm just curious what website did you did you have a template or the design aspect it's almost the nitty-gritty that i'm really trying to just trying to get through so when people are listening going okay i want to also create a database on x it doesn't necessarily have to be um i think for me uh, it was just when looking at the design i i can't that's really bad to say i can't remember who i worked with um, my design was just like it was a simple WordPress, right? But it was manipulated to accommodate the database, so I shouldn't. It wasn't just a template. It was then it was they designed. Made it bespoke, so yeah, back end, obviously. Yep. I just I I'm not. <laughs> I remember when I worked at Channel U. <laughs> I must have. I've always. I must have. It's it's funny when you look back and see the things that are in you. Yeah. And trying to come out of you, but not in the right way. I did this database at Channel U actually. Okay. And I don't know if it's still there, but I remember doing a version of the British Blacklist at Channel U for Channel U because I was thinking, we've got all these grime artists, no information on them. Mm -hmm. So I did a, I did all, I did research. I remember I remember doing Kano's profile. I remember doing Akala's profile. And I did, I just went in and said, look, we should have this on our site. And then I remember redesigning the site and it was so bad. <laughs> like I went into Photoshop. I That thing would have been, wouldn't even have loaded. The way I did Photoshop <laughs> designs, <laughs> I did little headers and buttons. And when I think back now to what the level of work I put in, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, I to be honest, I should be a millionaire right now because if you I just had a little, bit of, <laughs> a little bit of training, I could have been a great web designer, but it was so tacky. Yeah. <laughs> but it just showed that I had something in me that I wanted to do something. So yeah, my first version was at Channel AKA. But um, so like, I'm just trying to say I had no clue about design. No, 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 I, I just you. knew what looked good. And I was looking at what else is in there, looking at the, you know, Vibe Online at that point, Source Online at that point, all the media magazines and pop culture magazines right. that I liked. I just looked at them and thought, how do we deliver content in a similar way? Looking at the level of excellence and the language that we use and all that type of stuff. Which in itself is actually great advice as well. You know, fundamentally, there's no point in reinventing a wheel, right? Just yeah. slightly, you know, borrow, copy and paste. Well, it's not... It's not Copy and paste is dangerous because then you cannot plagiarize. Oh yeah, no, no, no. But I don't mean. <laughs> I literally mean for Try and get me out like yeah, British black is copy and paste there. No, well, no. Articulate. I'm, I was thinking more about the audience. Like, okay, these are my industries or my lack of a better. Term, so look at competitors. your competitors yeah. or the, your peers. Yes, my peers. And look at what they're doing right. If you're going to copy things, copy the right things. Right. That's what my mother used to say. So if you're going to copy or at least learn from, learn the right thing. You don't want to be doing the same mistakes as others because some people got great, big, massive, shiny sites, but they're, they're not hitting the mark. So mm. just look at what people are doing and do your version of that. But do your version because your audience isn't the same as theirs. Precisely. And even if they are, they're going to that place for that. So what are you going to do to do something different? You could be in the same space, but you people come to you for your thing. Yeah, no, so 100%. understand your, your unique your point. USP, your USP, unique yeah. power, and all that type of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. No, I want you. I love the back message. <laughs> Just saying. I love it. Um, I love it. So yeah. So now that we've pretty much getting for me anyway, this is the the beautiful thing about Black Articulate. It's really trying to just get those resources, those tools, right, and the best piece of device. So you're like, okay, you wanted to create a database which is fundamentally focusing on Black British, you yeah. know, artists. Yeah. In your definition Creatives, of artists, yeah, right? creatives. So we're going to put this um, database and even though individuals might actually do multiple things because mm -hmm. they're multidisciplinary, mm -hmm. they're still going to be in a database if they've done something within five years and if they've made a sort of culture. At that point, this is, this, is the, uh, this is the old ruling. Yeah. yeah. Right. And they've had some form of cultural impact mm -hmm. then they definitely are on the list, mm -hmm. which is brilliant. In order to do that, what you did is, I think we've established, you've established your website and you started to get a team together or did you? And are you starting to be known or getting recognition, like, you know, amongst the industry? In five years ago? Yeah. Or well, now I assume now. now you are. But I so mean, the journey in the beginning. started, yeah. You no, know, it's just, it. I can't remember when it all kicked in. but Was there a tipping point? Um, Sorry, I threw you so many questions there. No, no, it's not that. I was just trying to think because, one, my memory is quite bad. And two, which I keep getting told off about, which is, I'm probably going to get told off for, being, for saying this as well. <laughs> So many things happen and it's hard to pinpoint and say, oh, yay, that was that moment. Because when you're someone who's always on, always on, always working, nothing, it's not that nothing's good enough. Everything is fantastic and you learn from everything. But you, it's being satisfied with everything that's happened when it's hard because right. it's like, I've got so much more to do. Yeah. So recognizing the landmarks, is, which is not necessarily a good thing because depending on your character, because I don't mark the things that might be significant because I'm like, I've got more to do. So that's great. Well done for that, but let's not get complacent. Yeah. But if you've got one of those characters where you can get easily swayed by the lights, then I say that's not necessarily a good thing. No, but it's not. That. It's also not necessarily a good thing if you don't mark them because it helps you kind of progress. One answer know, questions checks. like this. Checkpoints. <laughs> yeah. Checkpoints. It's good to see where you got, like what it is. So back to your question. My tipping point. I'm not sure when it was. I think one of my biggest um, moments of visibility that really helped was when I had the, uh, and it wasn't impromptu, unthought of. 
um, marketing thing where I was at a, an event, can't remember the event, and there were people of, of no celebrities there and I wanted to take a picture of them, but I wanted people to know that it was the British blacklist. And at that point, my Photoshop skills were still <laughs> a little bit woo, a little bit way. And I was thinking, mm, if I'm going to come back and have to come and edit a watermark and all that type of stuff, and it's all going to be long. So what can I do? Scramble, scramble, scramble. Oh, just give them my card because the cards, the logo was the old logo and the new logo, but the original was quite bold, black and white. Right. Give them the card then no one can tell me that's not my picture. And that's the thing that will set us out from anyone else because we were there. We got that person with the card. Yeah, That became a thing. So like every time we went out, people were like, yeah, man, where's the card? I want to take a picture of the card. And then I remember catching, I know we've got Chiwetel holding the card. We've got John Boyega holding the card. And it's such a blurry picture that I don't care. I will roll that picture. <laughs> John Boyega's holding the card. Um, Chiwetel's holding the card. We've got Idris holding the card. Amara Sante's holding the card some people holding the cards and that kind of helped us get this little thing going yeah. on and it was a it was a very unthought of unplanned marketing campaign yeah. which did us did us a lot how big were the cards they're just like actual business, business cards card. but because the logo was the british blacklist yeah. in black font so what, they just put it by their face literally like it was just that and that's what kind of sparked off a little bit of presence about the british blacklist right. along with everything else the content and the articles and stuff like that and then i was looking for a team of writers so we put a call out didn't get much feedback but what i found worked was that people who liked the site might get in touch and say look i love what you're doing i'd love to contribute in some way what are you interested in right and then people then i'd get a team like that so we built up a great stable of writers based on just either i looking at someone and saying you know what you'll be good how about contributing i mean you're a day at base i assume you've got a huge huge rust of contributors yeah list like had globally the, or are they just uk based no, i had uk based just people it wasn't like that's a lot it wasn't a huge roster right. <laughs> but I, had, <laughs> I was looking at you like okay slow down <laughs> slow but it was a nice team right. of people that just saw i either saw something in them or they saw something in tvb and they were like yeah so we had a good run of um people contributing and that's how the team grew and then you send them out to events and press yeah. places in yeah. order for you to just yeah. be on the pulse right yeah. be exactly that news um exactly. Amazing. And I assume now a lot of doors potentially are open to you because people know who you are. Yeah. Doors have been opened now that we've been recognised. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been amazing. The industry's had, we've had great um, support from different organisations and they were organisations that I was like, wow, these are amazing when I was younger. And I'm like, I'm actually working with them or having conversations with them. It's been ridiculous, but it is on based on the strength of what we've put out there. And um, even though sometimes I can be as an editor, like, oh my God, I've looked back at old articles and I'm like, oh my God, there's massive typos there and I would have chopped that down because you grow and evolve and your mind changes every yeah, year and every day. So, you know, if I'm not careful, I can hack some stuff, <laughs> some old stuff to death. But just on the strength of what we've generally done, we've had great um, collaborations and support from the industry. Yeah. I'm wondering, do the industry come to you then if they want to try and diversify their uh, their production teams, yes. their cast? They do. Yes. So you almost pay in yourself or position yourself to be that Yes. Is that one of the services you provide? Yes. Okay, because you never mentioned that. Why well, you just keep on saying yes like that so bluntly? <laughs> and there you are. But the way she's looking at me, people, is like, yes, yes. I was like, all right. I swear over now. I'm just your rightness. Because yeah, you hot, right. <laughs> But that is a service you provide, right? Yeah. You, we, you go um, on a board and you and your team go, okay, these are the people we can bring to you. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's not even as formal as that. People right. will get contacted and say, look, looking for these people can you help us and we do where we can 
do you get a kickback from that? It's like, if I introduce you to, say, X. That's how the business kind of goes. Yeah, awesome. That's how it goes. Okay, so we've spoken about the path, we've spoken about how you've established, and we've spoken about some of the resources and tools. We've spoken about good stuff, but challenges like money. I mean, we're speaking about money now, aren't we? We're speaking about things about... Well, it depends, because I suppose it's like every individual listening and in general who wants to start a business has got their own plans, ideas, life experiences, life issues, all that type of stuff. Finances is always a problem if you don't come from money and you don't have that legacy money or generational wealth or stuff like that. So the only thing for me is just be consistent and do what you love and be good at it. What does that mean, be good at it? Because be good at it means... um, Or can you recognise when you're not good at it? I guess the market... Yeah, the market market will tell you. So, like I said, I've I've looked back on stuff where... I know that I was tired. I was trying to juggle 10,000 things and then I put out an article that wasn't edited well enough because I had, like I said, I've seen typos and stuff like that. That happens. Mm-hmm. But then that goes to show, okay, what, where am I going wrong here? Because that means I need to sort my team. I need more support. So some people don't recognize when they need support. Some people don't recognize when they need to take a break. Some people don't recognize when their business is just flailing under or failing under their the leader's um short-sightedness so that's where i think where you can be going wrong and stuff like that you've got to be so being good is not just about actually your sight is good so and we like it it's more about actually being a good leader a a good self-employee because you're employing yourself to do something yeah it's a bit ambiguous saying be good but be aware of what you're doing do it to the best that you can do and if you feel like you're not doing it to the best look at who can support you because i think i know where my weaknesses are i know that i'm not good at everything um, so I need to know who's good at it, find that person and get them on board with what I'm doing and let's keep it moving. Yeah, it's I've, I, it's maybe it's hard for me to answer this. No, no, I, I get it to a certain degree, but I think for my sake, and when you say be good at it, I understand, yeah, put out whatever you, you know, you'd want to you'd want to consume yourself. Yeah. I, right? I, 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 but yeah, furthermore, yeah. there is sometimes you can be blinded by passion. Yeah. Right. And therefore, if we're just, this isn't our wheelhouse how do we understand that and cut that off? But you're saying don't cut it off. Find someone who can actually support. Well, if you think, I think if, if, if your audience is saying, yeah, we like this, cool. If they're not responding, look at what you're doing wrong. Because, and again, it depends. And if you're really, if this is just a side project, cool, you can just keep doing it. Mm. It might be wasted energy at the point. But if you feel like you're just serving three fans and they're happy with what you're doing, that's cool. But if you really want it to be your business and you have to be smart quicker, quickly, or, you know, as soon as you can get like, this isn't working. How do I do this? How do I sort this out? I don't think this is the best thing. It's not the best straightforward advice because it isn't just about be good. Yeah, I guess. And also the business in of itself. There's no cookie. Um, there isn't. I think that's why cutter. it's hard because, um, again, someone could be listening to this. And, oh, I'm going to do it. It's not going to be everyone wants to do a database. So I can tell you how I did a database, but all I can just tell you how I'm working it out, being a um, self-employed entrepreneur. And uh, what I've learned is that my thing was, it has to be black excellence. It has to be excellent. You want people to trust in your brand. You want people to like your brand. You want to buy people to buy into your brand. So you have to be good at what you're doing. And if you're not good at what you're doing, even that, and if your idea is great, then who are the people that can support you in making your idea, making you good at what you're doing? Yeah, and no, I hear that. I think that's what no, it I, is. no. Of course, I hear that, and I think also, I love the etymology of the word passion, which is something we're willing to suffer for. Yeah, exactly. So knowingly knowing that, you know, this is your mountain and it's never always going to just be um, an upward curve, there are going to be dips. So if you're willing to suffer for those down times, you know that eventually there will be great times and vice versa. 
Or was that a bit too convoluted? The no, no, no. I think Did that makes sense. No, it makes sense. It's just um, you can have passion for something, and being blinded by passion is a problem. Mm. Being driven by a passion is great. You know, I'm drinking this apple juice and like I love this apple juice and I'm driven. I'm going to start selling apple juice. Yeah, but are you supposed to be selling apple juice? You're supposed to be working on the British blacklist right now. So there's that type of yeah. your passion might not always be the right thing. It's just you might actually really like it, but then you're doing it in the wrong way. Could, ah, no, 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 no. I know, I know what, you know what I mean. I definitely know what you mean. At the end of the day, it's and that's what I mean. It's something we're willing to suffer for. So if we know that when the hard time comes, we're cool with that. We're, yeah, yeah. Where that makes you, sense. It's like actually, apple juice is like. Pfft. If the hard time hits, what am I doing? How much am I putting in? <laughs> yeah. Nah, no, allow that. I'm out. I'm exactly. Out. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly yeah, it. Because so that's what I'm saying. Because yeah, passion can passion can passion about bare things. I'm always I've got ideas all day long. Okay, so that is definitely a challenge in a, in of itself. The financials and also bringing a teams on that can help support bringing teams on and managing teams and making sure that the teams getting the best out of what they want. Because you learn as you work with people that. Some people have got their own hopes and hopes and dreams and ideas as well. So as a, someone who's a leader, you've got to manage that and make sure that your team is being served the best way that they can. Because we have people, you have turnover, people come, they go, they stay and all that type of stuff. So it's just understanding what people want as well. When you're there pushing your passion, you've got people on board that are supporting you. You have to remember that they're also sacrificing time. So making sure that their passions are being met. Yeah. So you can actually fulfill that. Yeah. You got any stories where you haven't? No. Uh, look at that. I'm, that a I'm a great leader. I'm a fantastic leader. <laughs> okay. No, um, um, yeah. I mean, it's not human relations, but I think, yeah, I've always been quite um, open, honest, and you can speak to me about anything. So mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I've been a decent leader. No, well, um, we'll get maybe some of your staff members on Lacticulate as well. They get yeah, the come and expose. Get the She's expose. a taskmaster. Hey, hey. Ah. <laughs> okay, um, I do want to round this up and hit you with the quick fire questions as I do with all my guests. Cool. But prior to that, it's all about paying it forward. Any okay. black businesses, um, services, or products that you use regularly that you want to shout out? Wait, let me think. Ooh. This is um, from a female perspective. This is actually, no, it's not from a female perspective, it's from a fashion perspective, I should say that. So, Love Yaya. Love Yaya. Her belts are amazing okay and her sister as black as love queer of fosuheni is my custom bespoke clothes maker she oh. makes clothes ridiculously give her any picture and she'll design amazing. men and she does male and female fashion she's ridiculous so those are my um my go-to black businesses that i always use just shout out the black british business award shout out we are Parable, shout out the New Black Film Collective, shout out the Caramel Film Club, shout out the Colour Network, shout out, shout out everyone black and British doing their thing. There you go, I like it. So who are you here to support? Everyone black? Issa Basically. Ray. Yeah, I love that. When she's, Basically. Do you, you see that? Yes, I did. So, yeah, yeah. And I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> no, 100%. Okay, so you ready for those quick fire round questions? Sure, and. Okay, so if you could do a TED Talk other than your profession, what would it be on? Being a mother. Being a mother, tell me more. I know there's going to be quick fire questions right now. <laughs> tell me more. I think being a mother in business. You want it to be quick. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Touche. Okay, your last five pound on earth, what are you spending it on? Oh, sherbet pips. Sherbet pips. <laughs> 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 They're ridiculous. Okay. They're amazing. Um, what is a superpower that you wouldn't want? To read people's minds. Okay. 
Blackticulate is black action articulated. So I'm all about words and articulation. What's your favourite English word? Kumquat. Kumquat. What's that? It's a little orange. <laughs> it's my favourite word for no reason since I was young. I just love kumquat. Kumquat. Um, the word success, who's the second person that springs to mind? The word success, the second person. Someone else has asked me that. Huh, I don't the know. Second. Um, the second person. The second person. Mm-hmm. Why would I? You see, it gives, makes you think a little, as opposed to just doing that deep for Oprah the... or someone like that. Obviously. Yeah. But why would I think about the second person? Just so you know that, you know, it's, it's real out here. Okay, quantify okay. success. Exactly. Well, to your definition of success. My <laughs> mum. Amazing. Who's the first, just out of curiosity? Oprah. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. Do you see yourself as a success? Yes. So You ask me a question. You want me to expand on everything I say? No, no, on the country. Okay. I, lo- I love that. I saw the face. Yeah, no, no, I do. Well, thank you. I'm on my face, on my face. Um, <laughs> and I guess my penultimate question before I do ask you know, the bosses, the listeners, how they can find you on the World Wide Web, is how would you like to be remembered? Um, as a good mother, a great businesswoman, and a decent human being. Right. Do you not feel like you're that, you're that already? You said, what do I want to be remembered yeah. by? <laughs> I'm teasing. I think you are. Um, how can we find you on a World Wide Web? And when we do, what would you like us to do? www.thebritishblacklist.co.uk at Brit Blacklist on Twitter, The British Blacklist on Instagram, The British Blacklist on Facebook, and obviously like, subscribe, and enjoy our content. Yeah. Always looking for new writers, actually, so if you want to be a writer, have interest in the arts, holla, um, info at thebritishblacklist.com. Very simple, straightforward. Other than that, I've got stuff going on, so yeah, I might be back. Yeah, okay, you'll be back on Black Tech. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Okay, well, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you very much for gracing us with your voice. And guys, listen, as always, if you think I'm slipping and, you know, I should be asking better questions, I'm always accountable to you. So get at me, man. Just, you know, just try and make it better, better, better. Wow, that's so... Um, What's up? Easy going of you. <laughs> I'm going to email a bunch like you should have asked me this I'm going to wait till afterwards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well that's why we'll get you back around hey guys we really appreciate you listening and if you have any feedback please leave it in the comment section below also all the info about the guests the links and the resources we speak about will be in the description below and last but not least please 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 do get in touch if you can teach us how you do what it is you do because after all black ticklet is all about empowering and upskilling the community thanks guys you're the best see you soon hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 